Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here for Work to Game, bringing you guys the latest gaming and MMORPG news and discussion. Uh, today, we actually have quite a lot to talk about. Final Fantasy XIV had some account hacking issues that we're going to cover uh, in detail towards the end part of the show. We also want to get uh, Chris's thoughts on the Mario movie trailer uh, that officially finally dropped uh, yesterday. I know that's not normally something we cover here on the YouTube side of things, but uh, I'm a huge Mario fan. I, I, in fact, I'm such a huge Mario fan. I actually love the original movie, um, but that's just probably my copium when it came down to being a kid. I think I owned it on, I guess, VHS would have been the format. Yeah. And then we found it in the $5 bin on DVD in college and bought it. And that time we made a drinking game out of it. Oh, genius. That's that's the adult way to enjoy it. As a kid, I was so, like, all so the about drinking it. game. Yeah. We found that like if you pick a rule and you say like, hey, every time they say this word, you have to drink, then it's like, well, then you're the only person enforcing against you. No, 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 no. Four of us, we each pick a word, and if your word comes up, everybody but you drinks. So now when your word comes up, you're shouting it. Um, I will tell you, none of us remembered the word ends. selections, and it's there's weird words. They don't they're not like. Like the word that we should have picked was dinosaur. <laughs> Somebody would have died. Somebody would have uh, been... <laughs> Three people actually would have died. A lot of dinosaurs in that movie. <laughs> dinosaur. Dinosaur. Oh, man. Um, and then uh, also today on the, on the show, we want to talk about uh, new worlds, uh, territory changes, and fresh start worlds. So we've got a lot of details about that. Uh, some frequently asked questions from the player base. If you guys aren't aware, I am a absolute huge New World simp. I'm not going to deny that fact. I really, really do love that game. And so today, just alone, if you're watching this uh, in real time or listening to this as a VOD, uh, we have quite a, this is a content creation a megathon uh, of a day. Tonight is the live letter where we're going to see more about the Criterion Dungeons for Final Fantasy. So hopefully you guys want to join us live for that. But uh, Chris is going to be live streaming some 14 over on Twitch. So if you want to join him after First this. Time Ninja. First time, First time Ninja. Summoner story. Ooh, all right. Fully summoner voiced. stories are, I, I really appreciate the Summoner My story. My story character is going to hit Omni 50 today. Woohoo. Man, lots of good progress there, dude. At some point, you're going to have two Omni 90s, and I'm going to be like, I got one. On, I, I'm eight levels away. I'm 7.0. Yeah, I'm eight levels away from hitting Omni uh, 90 myself, and so I'm just kind of chipping away at that. Hopefully, we'll get that knocked out soon enough. Um, and then beyond that, tonight, uh, I, at 4 o'clock p.m. Central, I'll be live playing New World as a part of our New World community night on Twitch. After that, we're going to just transition right back into you taking over the stream, covering the live letter on Twitch. We'll be over here live as well. So this is a just uh, buckle up, guys. I hope you like, you know, Ginger and the uh, and the Daywalker. <laughs> we'll just rebrand our channel right now um, uh, in our coverage because it's going to be a, a good time all around. So um, first a topic, I think the best topic to kind of kick this uh, this off with so we don't keep everybody in anticipation. The Mario movie. Uh, trailer dropped i felt like this has been teased out for it feels like years at this point where it's like okay why isn't there a trailer but we finally got the first official trailer the first official sound of chris pratt voicing uh mario the iconic character um what did you think overall of the, the presentation you have any kind of positive and negative takeaways what, what do you think i think video game movies are hard <laughs> um have you seen any of the sonic ones no okay i think sonic so, really said the game high movies bar. are perfect for airplanes when they're free on a screen eight inches from my face 
and the alternative is looking around in a dark room full of strangers. Um, like that's that's when I watch video game movies. I'm saying that I own the Warcraft movie, like on my phone. Like I bet it's downloaded right now, oh, just yeah? in case I'm somewhere without yeah. internet. You're like, okay, let's go. Yeah, which like which is crazy because it's in company with like I bet I have like four Guy Ritchie films on here, like like real cinema, uh, as opposed to. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think it'll be fine. I'm not expecting it to be amazing. It doesn't look like it's going to be an utter disaster. So where, where I like things to be is above an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes okay. or below a 20. Okay. Just don't land in the middle. Anything above an 80 is a good film. Anything below a 20, I can get a bowl of popcorn and I can find joy in the fact that somebody put that out. Mm-hmm. It's when they're in the middle and you're like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. You just took my time. So as long as it's above or below, we're good. Looks like it'll be on the above end. That's fine. I'm I'm day and date when that thing comes out with the kids. Like, I right. literally will be like, let's go. I don't care how old you are. We're going to go see this movie. Because, like, I'm, I've been excited about it because... In my mind, like as an adult, even though, like I said in the pre-show, that I actually really loved the original Mario movie and as a kid was devastated that they never followed it up from the end of the movie teaser. And it's like, okay, like, let's go. And then it was like, oh, yeah, apparently, like, critically panned. I'm not the guy you go to movie reviews ever. Like, my people say I'm overly positive in when it went to video games and that pales in comparison. Like, I'm... I would like people you would consider me toxic if you think about just how I'm like, yeah, that movie was great. They're like, Brian, that movie was garbage. Like, I don't know. I was entertained for two hours. I love movies in that way. So it's it that's the relationship. So when it comes down to it, like I think as an adult, like it it has to be better than the original Mario. Like you kind of, you kind of, like this is a smart 20 year plan. Like come out with a movie that you never follow it up with and then eventually like release like this really kick-ass animated mario movie so i'm I'm personally very excited for it and the question then would be to you though is that if it's successful do we see a legend of zelda like do you think we start to see more nintendo franchises start to go into this uh so style Chris pratt feels like an odd mario choice really i thought he did good you had one line okay like, oh, great ooh, but, he, <laughs> but it still seems like like if you just said who would you pick for mario voice Chris Pratt doesn't feel like one that anybody would name yeah. offhand. So who is equally unlikely, but you think would do surprisingly well at being Link? Oh, a Link character that would be, uh, you'd want to be. You think they do a great job. Like, let's assume Chris Pratt does it, nails it. Yeah. You think they do a great job, but you're like, really? They hear Link. I think I've got it, mine. I, I think it, in a way, wouldn't wouldn't the rock be just absolute perfection <laughs> he'd be a great villain he could be a great villain he could be you know dwayne the rock johnson like let's let's make it happen internet like this let this show be the origin of of, of rock you know rock link you know hashtag rock link Let's go, chat. I'm not joking. But Chris uh Chris uh Chili Demon says uh Tom Hiddleston. Uh, Tom, Tom would be fantastic. Or you could also think uh 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 you know who's Spider-Man? Um Tom Holland. Tom Holland was who I was picturing. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got we got, Tom. we got Tom Cruise just, is just a Tom, uh, a Tom or a Chris, a Tom or a Chris, just, and you're gonna be good. Any Tom will do. Any Tom, uh, any Tom or Chris, Chris Pine, just any Tom or Chris. Yeah, show Chris Evans. There. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it's a whole actually just cast the whole thing with Toms and Chris's. Yeah, Tom, it's it's a, it's the Tom and Chris show. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm gonna rename my uh, my name to, to Tom. There's bound to be there's so, bound to be a brilliant voice actor somewhere out there for for the princess with a Chris name yeah chris can be female there's, there's got to be a i haven't met a female tom but they're probably out there uh, <laughs> we get asmongold get get him, get him going uh get him cast in there so we're fan casting uh the uh, the nintendo uh movies etc um i i've enjoyed Maybe like young link is tom cruise and adult link is is chris evans oh because, Gan- uh, ganondorf could be the the, uh, the rock like he would make a perfect ganondorf yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I make let's let, anyway. So let's support the Mario movie, guys. But if you're gonna go, guys, I, if you're gonna go see in the theaters, you want to go with somebody like Brian. I surround myself with people who are just giant nerds about things because if like I'm gonna watch a football game, I don't watch a lot of football. I'm gonna watch a football game. I I have my buddy growing up, and Brian's brother are both huge football fans, and those are the two people I want in the room. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be surrounded by people that are like nerding out. Yeah, they're passionate. Julia described uh, going Brian to the movies. He's like a simp for New World. And yeah. he's simply, like, I have never known Brian to be a partial fan of anything. No, it's Brian all Brian is either all totally apathetic, I don't care, you do you, or he is a hardcore, can do no wrong fan. That's it. So just know that if Brian ever turns on Final Fantasy 14, it's dead to him. <laughs> there's no in between. There's no salvation <laughs> for this game. That's it. It's been that's ruined. It. <laughs> how how have you heard her and so he bad? Will cry in the YouTube video. Oh yeah, big yeah, big cry. I think I, as I've gotten uh, and had more kids, like it's like you, you definitely get a little bit softer uh, with age, you know, in that regard. I don't have kids and I cry more. Well, I think that also just happens to men as their testosterone drops. Not to just eat red meat three meals a day or cry Those apparently you need to follow what the rock is doing literally where he's like taking like artificial testosterone i don't know if I that's gonna end he's in his 50s and his t levels like his muscle growth is is bigger than he was in his 20s when he was a professional wrestler there is no way that he's not on at least um hrt just hormone replacement therapy which is which is not uncommon it's just hormone replacement therapy gets like oh dismissed as like oh it's natural so therefore it's not modification, but like when you go in, it's like plastic surgery. You're getting to pick how much replacement they do, which means you can go back and say like, well, here's the range of guys. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, and guys, hormones go through cycles just like women's. And the thing about HRT is they don't go through cycles anymore. Like they can just pin it. And so like he is having the best day in the gym all the time. So there's no way he's not on HRT. Oh, I no. have no he- proof of that. Oh, I think that's a fact. I thought it, I thought it was actually confirmed that he is in that regards. And he I was like, implies that you can just like drink his Zoa energy drink and work hard and be like 280 pounds at 1% body fat. Like, no, you can't. Make, and, and he's, and he's make blockbuster, he's, he's blockbuster after blockbuster movie. <laughs> it would be brought in to help save franchises. Absolutely. The, uh, and he maintains uh, it year round. It's not like he's no. peaking. Dave, uh, David says, uh, Brian saw the light and anthem, which says a lot. It was the fact that they, they, that EA canceled it on their birthday. Yeah. Like that was, that was the problem. Like my, my issue with Anthem was, it wasn't that there was like, there was potential and it was like, they were putting together a plan to, to work on it, which I was like, let's go. Because I believe that any game 
that has a core hook that has like, okay, this is, there's something really cool here. Okay. It just needs to be polished and refined and et cetera. That gamers will give another chance if content communication and having some kind of consistent plan in that regards. But Anthem was not, they did not communicate. They stopped communicating. They had no consistency. And then they on their birthday, all their content. And then, they yeah, have they content. haven't content. And then on the birthday, <laughs> they decided to, to call it, they, they cut it. And that's honestly, I think that hurts EA in terms of them trying to be bought out more than anything. I think if you actually go back and you say that they invested in Anthem, which made them a ton of money, Anthem was one of the top selling games of that year, right? So everybody already had it. Um, if they had invested in it, I think they probably would have already been acquired by now because I don't think all these acquisitions are all like, oh, good, you have this this franchise that you know makes a little bit of money you know but i think that essentially we see more and more people going after this you know this this mindset of games of service shorts is that what we're doing are we just in a second short topic uh yeah yeah. all right so live show everybody tunes in yeah so okay so on the subject of anthem and making that an interesting thing about prep i will tell you that Blizzard deciding to create back-end controller support as a proof of concept, but not rolling it as a mainline forward-facing mm-hmm. feature Yeah. before Microsoft announced that they were acquiring feels like those talks were already happening. Oh, yeah. They just said, 100%. could your game even be supported on controller? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, prove it. And then they did, but they didn't make it like it's like a console command type thing. It feels like they were doing it to show they could. Have you seen all the latest stuff from uh, Dragonflight with like they're actually adding in the, the buttons? And stuff like that for the controllers themselves for yeah Warcraft? but they're not making it like a mainline feature which tells me they don't actually want to do it so no. why would they do it because they want they want to be able to do it should the leadership direction decide that that needs to be a mainline feature i think it's such a it's such a process because wow is as old as it is that it isn't something where like in 14 where it's designed at the the very foundation of the game and when i talk about foundational programming I think the fact that they've been adding it in each in these different iterations is that process. We know that it's going to take us, you know, 18, you know, you know, not 18 months, but it's like, uh, it's going to take us like four to six years to really bring in controller support. What's the best way to do that? Well, let's step one. Let's put this in this step two with also the targeting changes, like the literal problem that I ran into. And this honestly might be a reason why I jump back in with Dragonflight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to define, I would like to pull up Webster real quick and define Brian's going to jump back into WoW. In terms of- He's like, done this before. Right, well, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not going to main one. I'm saying that in terms <laughs> of the- of, No, 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 never. Um, but it's like in terms of the, uh, like the targeting, some of the, the critical components that, that I struggled with in the last iteration with controller support okay. that I was working on is like, there's no- like in you know target like 14 i press a and it targets whatever like it's 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 smart targeting and it's had that and it's been great in fact when people are like oh there's so many people around this npc whenever there's a patch i'm like i'm a controller I just press a it's handled so it's an easy thing in 14 and then bringing that in like iterative like where when we start to talk about like the last the video we talked about 11.0 literally it was i was like yeah they, they could have controller support really baked in by then which is about six years which makes sense if you're starting from phase one phase two phase three and then essentially you start uh, releasing it and opening it up to console that would be i think a real big win for world of warcraft like if people want to kick back and play it like that it, in it that style. feels like they're prepping it to go into game pass it feels like everything they're doing when you look at 
the way they've and some of the things need to be done anyway yeah. the new player experience need to be redone regardless right but when you look at possibly a resetting of the lore when you look at um adding controller support when you look at continuing to roll things kind of you know classic in that subscription like whether they are doing it for themselves or they are doing it for game pass it is way better aligned so when you mm -hmm. talk about ea making themselves harder to purchase with their choices with anthem as much as people rag on blizzard they are primed to slide into microsoft's ecosystem i don't know if the rest yeah. of activision is equally primed yeah but like they have a lot to. of it i don't think i think they want to leave king crushing like they do i think they want to leave cod cross-platform yeah um playstation was like oh my gosh now they're not they're, they're gonna they're gonna mess with cod oh you mean like you do with your like exclusive like playstation yeah. gets two extra classes for the first, oh only yeah, for the first year it's an annualized franchise it's a very so, like the only view. thing that's going to change is that playstation's no longer going to get exclusives from god <laughs> like that's just, it's, yeah. it's less exclusive i think they, um, i think they have to though like this is where we're back into the you know like as we talk about this specific thing when you start to look at how like game pass numbers are are, are falling one of the things is that content is king and and game pass requires a big sense of that content right and so all of a sudden if they had it to wear world of warcraft and maybe eso plus like if all of a sudden these were just value added then you're starting to pick up those subscriptions and it essentially pads that number for you as a company because if they they're coming out like they got 20 million subs right now it's, i think it's down from 25 um you know but the goal is that you need that flow of it and so i i think uh, honestly that could be on the table if numbers continue to dip after the acquisition where it's like, well, like let's go ahead and just add this in as that value added service. Guess what? It's now on console or, you know, and then boom, boom, boom. And imagine that, like, I think that's where you then have ESO, which already has console and controller support. The weakness of ESO is they does not have at least cross save. Like I, I, I can understand people's hesitancy on cross progression, but anybody's like, Hey, why don't you come play ESO? And it's like, I have a character on console I, I don't want to start over like that we'll talk about it with a fresh start servers everybody's like you're gonna do fresh start servers i i'm not a i'm not a multi-character guy in these games like i don't i'm not gonna just start over for the hell of it like i don't i'm not sitting on endless amounts of time that i can sit here and then say yeah let me just do that again yeah i i think game pass is going through a same growth phase that like netflix and these streaming platforms did where they kind of hit a lull where like they mm -hmm. they were new and so everything was exciting but then they couldn't keep up with the pace that we consumed. Um, and MMOs run into the same issue. So it's a, it's a natural life cycle. When Game Pass first came out, I feel like I would look at the number of games I was interested in and they wouldn't all fit on my hard drive. Yeah. And so I'd have to prune down before I even installed them all just to then try them. And then, of course, uninstall the ones I don't like. Now I feel like I can go through and I can just hit install on everything I'm interested in, then try them and then uninstall the ones that don't fit. Um, and the fact that they fit like that's because there's less of them. I'm only yeah. interested in four or five titles at a time. Um, and so I can see how there are players who probably hop on and they scroll through it. And it's like when you're changing the channel and you got 700 channels, you're like, there's nothing on um, because nothing fits you. And yeah. so like, yeah, there's 700 channels, but it doesn't fit you. Um, and so the answer to that for Netflix was to start crushing Netflix originals and just, just cranking a huge variety of Netflix originals out. Mm -hmm. And that feels like that's what, and that that was a lot of making your own studios from the ground up. That was a lot of buying their own studios. And that feels like that's what Xbox is doing. When you think about Phil Spencer saying his competition are companies like Google and companies like it's it's not PlayStation. He's, Maybe not Google he's, anymore. He's, <laughs> um, but he's that's what he's doing. He's yeah. he's got to build that 
that backlog of content. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Apple Apple Plus has run to the same issue. You know, you, you finish Ted Lasso, you finish, uh, you know, a couple of these really great shows they have, and then you just kind of run out. Yeah, Apple Plus um, is the, the biggest mystery to me because you're right. Like, I like Ted Lasso. I like Mythic Quest. Uh, All right. Another let, one. There's I, another one I really enjoyed. But it, regardless, it's like, I'm like, they're, are they going to acquire you know, companies like if anybody was going to acquire, like when we look at just Warner brothers and that whole like kerfuffle that's going on right now in HBO max, in my mind, it's, it's between Amazon and Apple to, to try and acquire that. Like, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, Disney has the funds and money and stuff like that, but imagine Disney owning both Marvel and DC and uh, Fox and well, like, yeah. like at a certain point, Disney, <laughs> well, at some point we're all working for Amazon, Apple or Disney, you know, it's like, all right, what, uh, what's your yeah, representation? Yeah, yeah. No, no. At, at the rate yeah. we're going, you're, you need to look at what you spend your most time watched on and realize that your passport's going to read that name instead of a country. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's where we're headed. I'm a part of the, the this family. Uh, the, uh, we're a family. Whenever a company says we're a family, I'm like, that is such bullshit. <laughs> like just, absolute crap i can't fire my brother (laughs) oh we're like anyway that's just something that's a pet peeve of mine in business the um anyway so like on that note though it's like with like all of the content content is king and i'm just like with all of these different services at some point like they scale and i think they they all fold within themselves ea is one of them they were trying to bolster their their service now that's actually rolled into uh game pass uh they were also trying to look in the cloud now they're trying to look at getting acquired um, and they have some like iconic IP, but a lot of their IP has been based off of just being a like a dirty, you know, j- jerk. I'm trying not to curse too much. And <laughs> welcome to the morning where Brian decides to swear constantly. Um, where like where they've locked out of uh, innovation, where they've locked down the NFL, where they locked down FIFA, where they locked down with these exclusivity contracts, which drove a lot of value. So business wise, it was the right call for them, but ultimately for the industry itself, I don't think they actually have generated like real wealth in terms of like that value. Those, those values were based on those relationships. Losing Star Wars and they put out like their best Star Wars title in forever. Just like that threat of competition. It turns out already. Yeah. turns out it's a good thing. Respawn also is like one of their, like, I think high value, uh, you know, IPs. And that's where it's like, if anything, it was like, I'd be like, who wants to, who wants to have an, a battle Royale in their pocket being, especially that Halo seems to be taking their time with theirs and, or str- they're just struggling with, uh, that as a franchise. So, Content's king. I think that's obviously Halo and their delays in their games have, have hurt them. I think World of Warcraft with that acquisition, if it just decided to come to console, would be a, a a big win for console players. But I would still argue that that should come to PlayStation. Like, I still think that the best thing they could do for Halo yeah. is bring it to PlayStation. Like, I, I don't... Halo Infinite? Yeah, absolutely. That's I think... not the best thing to do. The best thing to do is finish releasing maps. Mm. In November, <laughs> theory, we're moving into having like one new map, and yeah. and maybe and maybe there was Forge in that update, or maybe we have to wait until twenty twenty seven. The beta, the beta Halo for Forge, Infinite yeah. is outrageous. Yeah, I cannot believe how much weaker Halo Infinite is than Master Chief or Halo Five standalone. Halo Five, when when you're talking about modes like Super Fiesta, you're talking mm-hmm. about modes like SWAT, you're talking about modes like ranked Slayer maps, Forge. It, it, there's there's a racing game put out by 343 on a racing map inside Halo 5. Like Halo Infinite is a disgrace to that franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The leadership at 343 should be absolutely ashamed. And uh, they need to figure out what the hell's going on with that. So I don't care where you publish it. Finish it. <laughs> finish first. it. Finish it and let's go. It sounds like though that some changes are being made. Um I I, I want I like 
I like Halo. I have I've been waiting for the yeah. multiplayer uh, campaign to I actually play the campaign for like three hours this week, four hours this week. Mm -hmm. Had a blast. Yeah, shocker. All to right, stop playing Halo. <laughs> that was our smorgasbord of uh, of topics all all bundled together. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that either in a form of clip fashion or just chaotic, uh, you know, uh, enjoyment of uh, of games and critiques of our views of the system. Do? What's up? What do what do Mario, World of Warcraft, and Halo have in common? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we threaded those things together. Uh, thanks, guys, also for the 23 likes on the stream. It's a fantastic way of helping these streams grow. Uh, and if you are listening uh, in this as a highlight video, etc., let us know your thoughts on any of the topics. We'd love to hear from you guys on that uh, as well. And hopefully we'll start to bring... I, I love community Welcome feedback. Welcome to the short reel. Welcome to the short reel. So anyway, uh, it, Phil in uh, chat says, hoping the new territory changes are going to help on the Fresh Start servers. It'd be a nice way to live on the server where there are more than two companies that control everything. And this is the perfect transition to talk about our second topic. We're going to be talking about new world territory changes. Are we out of uh, commercial runs over on Twitch right now? Oh, we're way out. Oh, thank goodness. All right, cool. We're way out. In Not 90 afterwards. seconds, they would let us do another one for no reason. No reason. Just to, we won't, yeah, but let's, we could. Let's kill our momentum over on the purple platform. Um, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about new world and its territory changes right now. Uh, I don't know how much uh, Chris has been caught up to speed, uh, but New World has announced a lot of changes. Along with that, they've also announced their fresh start details uh, for their worlds. And you can clearly see uh, the uh, the beautiful uh, thumbnail representation that I have. Uh, I'm on the move. Done. He's on the move. A little, <laughs> little bit of a dance uh, from Chris over there. No, 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 no. Nothing else changes. Nothing else has changed in that regard. So uh, that's essentially what, we, what I want to jump into first and foremost. Uh, to kind of talk about the territory changes, though. I think it actually we start with actually the fresh start worlds uh, because the information is, I think, pretty interesting. Um, they did a frequently asked questions, but the takeaway that anybody should know, that's why I want to start with this because it's short. November 2nd is when they're going to start fresh start worlds. You cannot transfer onto these worlds. These are for new characters, no coin transfers, no character transfers, nothing. It's like this is a fresh start with each region having at least one fresh start. And the plan that they have currently is to set it so that uh, nobody within six, like they're, they're going to be considered fresh start worlds for at least six months is their current plan. Now I have trepidation about this because I believe that without cross server play, these worlds might really struggle because I think there could be a level of hype that people are just generally like interested in seeing what the experience is like. Um, and then they kind of dip out. And so you might have server population issues and they talk about, they have no plans to merge. And if they do merge, maybe they'll merge with another fresh start. Uh, ultimately, they're still putting out the the, uh, the frequently asked kind of questions, and that should be coming later. They are going to open it up so you can have a third character. So that way, if you wanted a new character, if you already had two, and you wanted to do the fresh start servers, you have that option with a third character slot. So that is kind of the big revelation uh, for that. So the reason why they're focusing in on the second, because the Brimstone update drops on the 18th of October, is I think they want to have the best possible experience for everybody on the fresh start, make sure that no bugs or no issues arise from the brimstone update. And that also gives them the ability uh, to kind of also do the territory control. And so if we jump into territory control uh, changes themselves, boop, 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 here is where kind of the meat of the content of this uh, section is going to live. So I'm going to go ahead and summarize this because I, I, you know, I've lived in this territory management system for the last year. And I actually am very excited about these changes, but they do not go far enough to what is needed. But the key aspect is here is that this is kind of phase one. 
of what is going and they have more changes that are planning on coming but this is their first pass at changes and ultimately in summary the reason why uh, they think they like the system is that companies uh, could uh, set territory tax rates and actually generate revenue. So players who are then doing activities in those zones would generate money that would go on the ledger based off those tax rates. And then they would pay out once a week uh, for whoever owns the territory. What uh, what's changed over the course of the last year, though, like that was the original like idea. But because of all the changes, things have to change. And so they've made it to where moving items between towns is free and easy uh, and fast. Uh, you can teleport anywhere for 20 as off. So you're never like ever outside of a, a window, um, not able to get around. Uh, they've also made it easier to store items and they've linked all the trading posts. So a part of the original design has completely changed and thus it constituted a change that they needed to make. And so essentially kind of what was going on here is they wanted to now evenly distribute uh, more of the coin rewards because everything has been going through Everfall and Windsward. Those were the high profile zones. Like you're making millions and millions of gold each week with those zones. Everybody else has been just awful. Like it's just been you, no reason to upgrade. People aren't leveling them up because it's just too costly. Um, so they wanted to make them more valuable. They also wanted to incentivize actually good territory management. So leveling up your towns and, and defending your towns against invasions. So what they're going to do is now distribute gold between all territories more equitably uh, so that owners of Everfall and Windsor don't run away in power. They want to distribute gold in smaller towns to make them more valuable to have territories worth actually fighting for. And they want to give territory owners strong incentives to actually level up and maintain those towns. And so you actually now have this chart and breakdown based off the town level and the gold distribution that will actually go through. So they were saying, I think it's probably up here that uh, Everfall and Windsward on a, on a server, if you controlled both, you're actually getting 40% of all the weekly coin generation. So you're just you're just dominating. But now they're going to break that down to where uh, Brim, uh, Windsward and Everfall will generate 12.5%. Uh, uh, so will the new zone, right? Isn't that Brimstone Sands? Uh, Brimstone Sands, yes. So Brimstone Sands is also in that same regard. So you kind of think of these as tiers. So you can see 12.5, 10%, 5% as these, and 7.5% as these kind of four tiers at level 39. Like at, if you don't level up your town, then like it's you're not going to get that much of a distribution for owning it. So the incentive to level up your town is going to be there because you're going to have a higher payout of all the coin that's generated over the course of a week through taxes. And so they've also adjusting the upkeep cost. So you can see here the four different tiers, 5%, 7.5, 10, and 12, where right now the upkeep cost is 190 at level 39 to keep the town, you know, in good standing and in good shape and you're seeing an adjustment so like a five percent tier is going to have a cheaper upkeep cost but a the 12.5 percent is going to have a higher upkeep cost uh in terms of that so they're kind of just breaking down these in terms of numbers and they're also setting certain fixed rates where you could adjust the like 25 percent max on trading now is going to have a 2.5 percent both min and max so they're going to kind of hard cap some of the tax rates that are going on in the towns thus encouraging more community now the thing that i kind of laugh about with this is literally it's just like an equal distribution of wealth it just seems very you know it's amazon you know we know they don't really pay these taxes they have all these loopholes etc and then it's here we are in a game where taxes are a critical component 
And now we're also going to distribute that wealth a little bit more evenly. I think it's a good thing, especially in New World, uh, because essentially you did have zones that aren't worth fighting for, that aren't worth upgrading. That's and maybe funny. this makes it a little bit more uh, um, more well done. And then they <clears> kind of have a three levels of frequently asked questions. Like, are you going to, you're going to make less money. Right now you were making 24.7%, uh, but now it's going to go down to 17.5% based off their estimates. Uh, Brimstone Sands is also in this model and they have uh, designed this updated system to change with player demand. So if Brimstone Sands isn't as high demand of an area, uh, then they can always lower that down. They could also raise up other zones, but pretty much they believe all the trading literally will probably still sit with Everfall and Windsward as kind of the central hub to the world. And then why are they making these changes now? Well, they want to make sure that, especially with fresh start servers, that they have a, like they have this in place, that this has been tested, it's been put in place. Uh, and then because you, otherwise what will happen is the knowledgeable yeah. players will be on the fresh start player servers yeah. and the fresh players will be on there and the knowledgeable ones will dominate. Will dominate. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. It is funny. There will be like a post article or somebody, you know, yeah. from Washington Post saying uh, <clears throat> Amazon Game Services says that wealth disparity is bad. Uh, and there will be some some social commentary in there somewhere. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, and that's that's also the thing with a fresh start because like it's there was this weird divide within like any gaming community with New World. It's like you have basically people who are like, I have no idea why fresh start servers even need to exist, and then you have people who are like. I can't believe fresh starts are starting on the second. I've been waiting for this game. My hype is dead. And in my mind, I'm just looking back. I'm like, all right, who gives a crap? You know, like I don't, I honestly don't care. I'm excited that for people who want it, but I I'm, I'm amused by the fact that there are people who just don't understand that somebody wants to step in. Um, I see also a lot of comments. that are like, Oh, I don't want, I, you know, everybody's already been playing for a year. I don't want to be behind. And it's like, the economy's mature. Like you could step into this game as a new character and start making bank because there's there's a mature economy there's value driven to every action that you do and there's people who have values that are set on those items so like if you came back today chris and you were just playing actively i think you would make like 200 times more money uh in, in progress because you just get an item you're like oh okay what's this and it's like oh yeah that, people want that item because everybody's doing you know lots of activities going on in the markets so you'd actually find that yeah you might be behind you don't have gold cap or anything like that but you, what I think, uh, 500,000. Yeah, so it's not that it's how much buying power does a thousand gold have? Uh, quite a like, lot. You, with so a thousand, thousand is a hefty, so like, yeah, so, so gold cap in Final Fantasy 14 is, is a billion, yeah, but a billion is like an unspendable amount of, and you can do that on like every character and every retainer, so like it, it spirals out of control. Um, gold cap in WoW is 10 million, mm -hmm. and there are things that people value at 10 million like like which means that they're valued there are multiple things which means some of them would probably go higher but there's no way to transfer money in that quantity um gold cap in uh guild wars is i think 200k something like that mm -hmm. but like your if you could buy completed relics in final fantasy to put that in perspective i think that's like 5k so it's an unfathomable amount of money like to hit gold cap in Guild Wars is obscene. It feels like they didn't set a cap. So anybody who's hit it is probably mad because mm -hmm. they're like, why would you even set this? Like, clearly I like making gold. Um, so I didn't know kind of where New World felt in that. Like, it feels it's good. a like lot, it. it's unfathomable, or it's, it's actually something that can be fairly constricting to high wealth players. 
yeah and so it does uh there is that construction um there are things that have value right like to step in like i could get a legendary for 10 to 50k like it's depending on the perks and things like that you could end up having wide range of different values that that are driven but uh, i never personally feel like you know that i like even at my level which i i can generate around i can generate around 30 to 50k a week uh, in gold, in ter- like based off of the investments that I've made and, and more, which gives me a lot of buying power, which is nice. And then I can actually have people farm for me. And then I can, you know, it gives me a lot of different flexibility. So there is a point where in new world, you get a, you get enough wealth that you're, n- that you're actually very, very comfortable and you can easily generate more wealth because you have plenty of wealth. But, um, just like with Del Morgan stepping into new world with a new character, they're making tons of money because, that's actually one of the things is like, there's money to spend people. There's value in it, like a lot of the items. So you end up feeling like you can actually start to actually generate that wealth pretty quickly. The question ends up coming down into is the personal investment because I already have three houses. I already have really good tools and materials. So I don't have to spend a lot of money on my individual character. So a lot of that can go to my own pockets as opposed to like putting it back in the market. If I, if I choose to, is there inflation? So like, World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy suffer from inflationary rates that would cripple any real world economy because quest givers are giving out infinite gold in trade for the same task being done over and over, um, as opposed to real world governments that have a relatively fixed amount of currency in circulation and they are introducing it slowly. And and then we're all just swapping who has the money. Um, so it's it's really hard to see it kind of just spiral out of control mm-hmm. um and that's why there's like a debt economy because the debt is not capped so you can borrow against borrowing against borrowing which and so like that's how the real world starts to try to find a way around that limited currency mm-hmm. um in video games the way around is raw gold farms and so that's quests that's monsters that drop gold um and so they are just continually dropping currency that is every bit as identical as currency that was already in circulation mm-hmm. um and so they they suffer from that um where does the gold like like is the amount of gold that's in circulation or i do you see items slowly going up in price uh yes and no it really depends with the the people playing just with any kind of patch and hype right so items uh can go up in price and there is also a little bit of deflation depending on the demand etc so uh for example like feathers were massively deflated and i ended up buying a bunch of feathers and just kind of sitting on them for a long time and then as people returned to the game and they were like, oh, I need to level up these things. All of a sudden I was selling feathers for like three coin each. So I was able to sit, you know, and, and sit on a- an asset and then essentially sell it for a profit. And yes, the, the price of that will dip, you know, the prices fluctuate based off of demand, but we're actually not seeing massive inflation. We like, there's a natural inflation that happens in like any economy, you know, and that what the goal is that you want it at a certain rate, you don't want it to be um, you know, Control. so yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be so like, you know, oh, it's 50% inflation. United States this is one. 3.2 well, it was. annually over a hundred year period. There are individual years that, that are, are wildly high. Yeah. Like the eighties and then that are low. Yeah. But, but the ab, the hundred year average is three, two. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, like that's, that's essentially where like, they've actually put out very uh, like different economic reports on the state of the economy. And they're like, yeah, things are looking really good here. Um, there's definitely like some gold sinks in that, and that already exist in the game. Um, I think there probably could be a little bit more. And that's where, when it comes down to the fast travel, I do wonder if we'll see, cause they're talking about making a new system to take advantage of Azoth because they think that that's interesting from, from crafting. But the fact that teleportation uses it and it really like, 
I had a like Ruricon. He's like, I'm sitting at a thousand is off. I'm capped on is off all the time. What do I do with it? And it's like, well, if you're not into crafting, you just sit on, you sit capped on it, but they are working on new systems. Take advantage of it. I could see them shifting teleportation as a convenience to a coin cost, which offers just like in Final Fantasy and in Guild Wars, it offers a constant gold sink in, back, you know, out of the economy as well, which helps kind of keep inflation ultimately in check. World of Warcraft has basically let that gold portion uh, for travel kind of fall away as they add more and more versions of like uh, Hearthstones, which are like uh, favorited Aetherites type things, um, but they're free and they're just on a timer. Um, and so like, I, I don't feel that I spend that much unless you're really jumping around doing stuff. I, I feel it's, it's really affordable to travel in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy ran into an issue where theirs were capped. And so when they uncapped it, it helped a little bit, but some actually got cheaper. So once again, I feel like, like the, the, the least valuable FC buff in my opinion is the re reduction to teleportation cost, mm -hmm. um, allowing your FC members to reach cap of crafters and, and battle jobs is way more valuable in my opinion. Um, especially with the ease of, of access of Aetherite tickets, which you can set a value to. You literally say, if it's above this value, use it. Otherwise, that's not worth a ticket. I'll just pay the gill. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's it's really, really good. Um, and so travel cost is really cheap. I think Guild Wars does it best as a gold sink. So what they do is it's, a, it's kind of a multiplier of your level and the distance. Yeah. And the game, because it's so open world driven from a PvE standpoint, does a really good job of giving you a reason to feel that traveling is valuable. Yeah. Um, and so since you're always traveling and you're always leveling, everything grants experience, you are eventually level 80. You're always paying the max level to go whatever distance to do your dailies and your dailies will take you everywhere. And so um, I actually feel that travel cost is is a pretty substantial weight on my gold making ability and then that gives me a reason to then do my dailies which then pay gold mm -hmm. so ironically like the traveling around doing achievements and dailies is what costs me but the act of doing dailies like your first three dailies of the day pay you a chunk uh that more than covers the travel cost for the day but then you feel like i need to do that every day yeah um and so i think that's a really healthy kind of hamster wheel that they have us on mm -hmm. um and, and and by comparison, because I think would be when we talk about money, um, at least here in the U.S., money is kind of a taboo subject. So like we can't talk about politics, religion, sex, or money. Oh, we money can, is something but... is is where people get really if, is people tend to get um, hurt by it, and that's only gotten worse as the wealth disparity in the United States has gotten larger, and because because it's it, it there are very different experiences being had, and so when you talk about that in video games, I would say. When I say that's a healthy loop, think about it like item level. Um, in World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy, or even New World, you're starting to see this like this continued rise of power. Mm -hmm. and you're always chasing the next most power. And you use that power to go out and slay things of higher difficulty to get more power. And so it's a feedback loop. The only purpose in having the gear is to kill things. And the only purpose in killing things is to get the gear. And you just go around and around and around. And it... And it helps your game loop have like a natural life cycle that just lives, dies, repeats. And um, I just want resources and games to do the same thing. Uh, a lot of times Gil in Final Fantasy XIV, one aspect of that cycle dies. And when it does, mm -hmm. the use of Gil just kind of dies off until something can kind of jumpstart that life cycle again. 
Um, well, and it's really artific- and it's artificially like jump started. I've seen you, know, you see a lot of people who who sit on Gil. I'm I'm guilty of it. That it's like okay, there's. I'm happy they're adding in new Gil goals with the, like the gilded mounts and things like that, and hopefully they'll continue to support that aspect. But that's something I really appreciate about New World because I I think economics, I think ec- the economy, and essentially that idea of trade is a way that you actually then incentivize value. And ideally, this the, the challenges aren't invisible right because one of the i just released a video talking about botting within new world because i see a lot of people <laughs> well i see a lot of people like oh I, this bot and then it's like well then you actually message them and there's like no it's just a player who just beat you to the to the resource and then they mined it and then they moved on so i see a lot of people like oh there's there, but there's always going to be an incentive in any game to bot and what i think new world needs to do when bots are concerned with these resources is exactly what final fantasy 14 does is it releases like a monthly report it says hey that we've got we found and identified these accounts they were banned what you don't want is these insta bans that literally get leveraged on people and i know somebody who that happened yeah. to in final fantasy 11 randy on a private server was accused of botting and literally was like oh we, we, he was just afk and he, like he was just standing there and someone's like oh i think that's a bot and then they just banned his account because they don't have any due diligence that they have to do and it's like Okay, guys, like, let's talk about right. like that. Now, I think bots are bad because they steal value out of like a, a new player coming in. And let's say nobody actual go- bots, actual bots. Yeah, not optimized players, not optimized players, but not th- no lifers, not no, no lifers. lifers. Well. Right. No. Yeah. Come on in. No lifers. But come on in. the value ends up being especially with a co- an economy like a player driven economy. The new world has is that, oh, there is value in garlic and garlic has a, a, a decent price that is fetched off of it. Do you want to go gather garlic? Well, if you do, you can make a lot of money doing a garlic grind, you know, just like going out and gathering garlic. Or like you can just say, no, not without my thing. But that ultimately is now a quest that you choose to opt into because you can use the money that you make off of garlic and you could actually get yourself a great piece of gear. In fact, maybe even a best in slot piece of gear. So it has always these incentives. Now there's disincentives because that drives up the idea that somebody wants to sell you that gold because you want to short circuit that, right? So there's, it's not a perfect system, but I think it does add, a, for me, it adds a lot of value where I feel like I get a lot of value in going and gathering. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy it from a relaxing perspective, but then I'm also making progress because gold is power. Um, you know, it does give me a lot of opportunity to do things in that. And uh, I do want to address Jeremy. Uh, he did talk about like, Jeremy, if you, our links in the description for the Discord, if you want to get a part of our new world group, we play every Fridays. We're going to be playing Friday tonight, 4 p.m. Central. Come hang out in voice. We'll get you back in. It's just a bunch of guys and girls having fun. Pretty it usually pretty runs longer than tonight. Tonight there's a huge yeah. live event for Final Fantasy 14. Huge. So we'll be we'll be shifting back to 14 for um for the live event. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so I just want to thank you very much, Distorted, for uh, tagging Jeremy on that because yeah, get involved. Like we're like even you know we we're here to help you get your game goals knocked out and stuff like that. And so it's, it ends up being a really good time, but anyway, like I, I, I pivoted to Jeremy, but I want to come back to you, give you the thoughts on, on what, we, what I was just discussing. Yeah. I, I, I think that when you talk about these optimizations, um, they tend to get conflated. You tend to find a word that becomes associated with the word villain. Mm-hmm. And then anything else that somebody thinks of as villain, they go, oh, that that word's a synonym and I can just use that. And so yeah. bot's one of those words. Mm-hmm. And so what can happen is like garlic is your example. And mm-hmm. so imagine there's four garlic spawns across multiple zones in the game. 
But each one is ultimately like, hey, I can kind of just run this circle. Yeah. Well, somebody will work out in order what ones are best. One, mm -hmm. two, three, and four. So they'll go to the first one. And if it's saturated with other players, they'll go to the second one and then the third one and the fourth one. But as they get really good at it, imagine they say every Friday I watch a TV show on my favorite streaming service or I hang out in a stream or whatever. And I just run these loops. They're not paying attention to chat. They're not interacting with you. They don't give a crap. They probably, if something attacks them, they probably don't immediately respond to it. Mm -hmm. And they're just running loops. And I just do that. And every Friday I run loops for an hour or two. It looks a lot like bot behavior. Um, it looks a lot like bot behavior. But they're not. Right. Um, they're just no life in garlic for an hour or two yeah. every week. And, and that's because there's and also like, value that in doing that. There's also value in that. It's not like well, I got to do it. So I know it's like, oh, no, right now, garlic is in demand. I can go do this and make a killing. And that's yeah. what they do. And then essentially what happens is more and more people go and see that. And then they go do that. And then the price of garlic falls and people are able to buy it up cheaper. Some and, other farm. Then they're yeah. all chasing flax or whatever. So mm, flax is like good. like in 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 WoW, there used to be these like a lot of these enchants that came off of zero point zero one percent drops off of these items and there's an add-on that just tracks how many times you've killed that monster type um yeah. so that you can track your progress towards it and every night after school in college i used to hop on and kill a hundred monsters and i just went until the little add-on said a number that was a hundred bigger than last time yeah it looks a lot like botting it looks a lot like botting yeah i wasn't i was there i was i was doing it um, and you're like, yeah, but nobody would actually play like that. It's super boring. I'm not disagreeing that it's boring. I'm disagreeing with your initial portion of the statement that nobody would actually do that. Cause I am mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I am doing it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's where I struggle with the botting behavior is that, is that yes, I don't want there to be actual bots, but I don't mind if there are people that optimize the game more than me. And the idea that I do or don't think that's fun is irrelevant. As they're having fun and they're not hurting anybody, that's great. Let them do that. Um, and especially a new world where, like Brian mentions multiple times, you know, in these posts, like, I'm not fully leveled. But I've done a ton of tree chopping and mm -hmm. rabbit shooting. Yeah. It's it's a it's a hunting and survival simulator for me but that's also i a beautiful love thing. chopping down yeah. trees and shooting rabbits that's and, the way and some play player game. who's like a top end player is probably like this guy's just shooting rabbits it's got to be a bot it's got to be a bot you're not even having fun oh yeah i'm having fun i am having fun yeah that's actually the best way to play this game it's like i released this weekend two different leveling guides for new world one's how to level efficiently and the other one's how to level with perfection and perfection's like stop trying to race to 60 like get lost in the game you're going to actually be leveling up so many different aspects that by the time you get to 60, you're going to be in a much better position than somebody who just XP races to level cap. You're going to have a better experience. You're going to be able to take advantage of more things. You'll end up having a, a good variety. It's kind of like you go to a buffet and you're like, yeah, you try everything, right? And then by the time you kind of after you, you go one round, you're like, I really liked this, this, and this. And maybe it surprised you. Maybe you're like, I've never had sushi before, but I tried it. And oh my gosh, like they have really good sushi here. Like you never really know. And that's actually the way that you're leveling is literally the best way to enjoy the game because then, and when you stop having fun, you take a break. <laughs> um, but so many people are designed in this, like I got to get to level cap. And it's like, it, like, let's step away from that aspect because of the supporting systems, right? Because of the territory control, because of the housing, because of the player driven economy, like, 
you could literally just be in a better position having more technical power than another player because you didn't have this aspect of the sprinting to the uh to the to the level cap of the game and that's not to dig on sprinting there are games where i sprint mm -hmm. i play new world as a break from those games uh and so i i do sprint so it's not a dig on that i just find that new world for me is that casual game which is really interesting because i i'm not that in most games and so it's felt really odd um as a matter of fact, I was such a sprinter in Final Fantasy that when I went to start engaging in lore and the slower paced version of enjoying the game, mm -hmm. I found it easier to create another character. And I'm typically a one character guy like Brian. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to create another character because that helps me when I log in, have a different mindset. It's it's like stepping into a role playing for a D&D game. It's like, no, no, this is my story character. Yeah. And if I don't feel like doing story, I don't log into that character. Right. That it is. It is for that and that alone. Um, and actually, I, I really have enjoyed that because it, it lets my main really truly be me. Uh, and I don't feel pressure. So if I come across a side quest and I don't want to do it on my main now, screw it. I'll let the story character handle it. Yeah. And so it's been really nice to have a second way to play 14 as, as kind of my main game. But New World, I, I don't have any interest in chasing power in New World. Me personally, I don't yeah. have any interest in and honestly like i tried the narrative out of the gate and it didn't catch me maybe when they redo it i it will but i'll give it another shot but yeah that's what i'm didn't really catch curious me the about time. i'm really curious about especially as you've been stepping into doing the story of final fantasy and getting this like invitation and then also doing it for guild wars that's one of the things i got like we've talked about it privately i was like hey chris like i'm generally interested in your perspective having already hit and you know done this the fact that you can still take your character you've done and go play the new player experience as well so that you're getting that story driven experience and also progressing you know in that regards like i'm very curious as to see what his perspective is because i i i'd love to know it like i i obviously have a bias towards new world and i've talked about like i've been surprised by how much i've absolutely loved this game and i just see so much potential in it that it kind of reminds me very heavily of final fantasy 14 1.0 and being on that journey. And so a lot of people have kind of taken that up as a challenge because they're like, Brian called it right with 1.0 to 2.0. I, I wish I played 1.0. And this is kind of like my invitation. Like, guys, like if you're ever curious, like I'm seeing that same level of potential. It doesn't mean that it's going to pan out correctly, but I do think from everything I'm being told, seeing and, and everything, the fact that Amazon's investing in the core beginning experience and changing some of these beginning experiences is interesting to me because I know if Final Fantasy 14 to do that, how much extra work it is for not extra pay. That's what Chris and I talked about. It's like them redefining the new player experience might invite somebody to buy the game. But if somebody comes that who's already bought in the game to check it out, it's not like they get another dollar for that. They don't get another cent for that. So why are they doing that? Well, I think they see a lot of potential in the game and in its future and also other things that they're working on that are coming down the pipeline. Um, that it's important to kind of say, hey, we, 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 we heard the feedback and we learned and we were able to apply this, you know, and move it forward with that. So I'm very curious to see what they're doing their new player experience. Yeah. Final Fantasy has been remastering old dungeons and old MSQ that returners might already right. be past. Yeah. So there is this theme right now in MMOs of saying it's just time, right? You mm -hmm. know, it, it's like I live in an old house and sometimes I have to replace something that doesn't really increase. It doesn't really increase the resale. But it just has to get done um and so i think it's i think it's good now you know like brian is biased to his new world he was biased towards final fantasy he was also biased towards destiny too so he doesn't always pick them right uh <laughs> and, you know so but but in general i i'm excited to see you this excited and continuously 
Yeah. Um, and that every time you're excited about something, that that thing actually comes out. The problem when you were excited about Anthem well, is yeah. you were excited and then they never gave you anything for it. Yeah. And New World, you say, hey, I'm excited about this. And then they give it to you. And then you say, I'm excited about this next thing. And then they give it to you. And so it feels like I am watching a very give and take where you, you know, to me, you're kind of my lens into the active player base. Um, I keep seeing the active player base, uh, in my case, represented by Brian, ask for something or be excited about something. And then I'm seeing the new world devs communicate. Yeah. And that back and forth does mimic Final Fantasy XIV yes. and is something that when it's lacking or when it's done poorly um, is complained about in other games. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's it's really exciting to see not just the hype. Um, and it's what I'd love to see from Ashes of Creation. There's a lot of communication mm -hmm. now, but until yeah. there's actually a game, I have yes. trouble putting weight in that. But But like... The skeleton to it's there. Um, people are asking for things and they're communicating, but like I want to see that in a live environment like New World. Um, yeah. It's just too early to call that for Anthem. Oh, yeah. Um, for Ashes of Creation. No, yeah. <laughs> too late to call for Anthem. And too well, the dream would be that it's like, hey, we like the EA gets acquired and they're like, you know what? Let's let's bring this back, you know, and then you bring it back in, you know, a new generation. And it, I think it ha would have that potential to say, hey, all right, we're, we're going to give this another shot. And then you have to no man's sky it where you just and I don't think they have the I don't have I don't think they have the they don't have the, the where subtlety no. to to do it that way. The yeah. way to win they would try to make a big media blitz out of it, and I think that's the wrong way. I think you no man's sky it. You just keep showing up mm -hmm. and you just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And now when somebody goes, Man, well, no man's yeah. sky, that game was a real joke, and then somebody goes, Actually Actually, yeah, they put in the work. Well, and that's work. and that's the thing. I think that's that's the way you go about it. Whether it ends up being an expansion model or the No Man's Sky, that's what we're waiting to figure out with New World. We know we're going to get a new dev update. We know October's got the Halloween events, got the Brimstone Sands, the new leveling experience. Like it's got a lot to offer, and it's going to be interesting to see. Then you follow that up with, in terms of it, what will be interesting to see is that with the Brimstone update, like people will come and check it out. How many people were truly interested in the Fresh Start experience? will have real numbers because they aren't going to be hidden in the brimstone numbers, right? When uh, November 2nd drops, uh, we're going to have a real insight to was this really high in demand or was this just a vocal minority who really wanted this? And it's good that they're getting I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's bad that they're getting it. I think that's going to be good. I still think that the, the key critical component to any server edition and any scale is going to be cross server play, the ability for you to log in and just go play where, where you need to play. Like that, I think will end up being something that is a value driven aspect to how new world structured. But I still think that's probably going to be next year at a minimum before those systems are truly integrated. We're seeing that the, the framework of that already, they've, they've been able to take certain things and move them over in their own instance, like wars. Um, I think essentially then all of a sudden you start to see how that ends up uh, scaling out and, and, uh, and evolving over the course of the next x amount of time and that's where i think it's gonna be really cool to see whatever they sit down with the next roadmap and i'll keep you guys up to date on all those changes for sure um and i'm really excited when chris jumps back in into new world uh to see the new player experience uh there is for those of you who are on the fence or listening here today and you're like yeah i, I bought the game and i haven't played it for a while um there is a uh, a 50 xp character uh boost that's kicked off uh yesterday or the fifth and it runs until the 17th so if you're ever like yeah i'm you know, I'm, I'm in the 20s or the 30s. You still can experience the new player experience on a veteran character. And you can also take advantage of the XP boost that is going on all the way up to the release of Brimstone Sands. So uh, that's what's going on within the game itself. Chris, you got any final thoughts before we wrap up our New World segment? 
No, we're going to go talk about Final Fantasy, who is at PAX Australia right now with a image of Zodiac on their sign and a QR code to try the free trial. Woohoo, free trial. Uh, now with Heaven's Word. <laughs> the critically acclaimed, guys. <laughs> that you, is sent me, you sent me that the is meme, crazy right? crazy that there's that image. That's so cool. Because as a new player, you'd go, that's so cool, but you don't know what you're looking at. There's yeah. going to be somebody on Reddit's going to go, I can't believe they would put spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they would do that. The only that. people Why who know their spoilers that? at 14 to the people who've already experienced it. Like, with, with rare exception, like, that's where it's like, oh, you showed off this dungeon. That dungeon's spoilers. Who would watch that and know what that dungeon even means? You know, nobody. Like The you only know. person with the possible chance to make that spoilers is the person calling it as spoilers. Yeah. And now you're, that, you're now that, queuing right. somebody in. Cause now somebody's trying to store that. Oh, it is it's a spoiler. Hmm. What does this mean? So they're, they're letting people play the Zodiac fight for a t-shirt. I hope people watch that and pick up the game. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. We'll go do it. All right, guys. Uh, if you guys are new to the live shows, uh, Twitch likes to run ads and uh, we do need more uh, of you guys lurking over on Twitch. So check the pin comment, check the description. Um, I, I The dream would be if you guys want to like really help us out, hit us up at uh, get us to 200, uh, you know, lurkers, et cetera. That'd be so massive. We're uh, just under 100 right now. We're at 88. So guys, be sure to go also lurk over on Twitch. Uh, we're going to next be transitioning into kind of the account hacking uh, issue that's going on right now. Uh, we want to make sure you guys have the, the information that came out this week. You said stand reminder. I was like, I have a stand sit desk. Screw it. Like, I'm going to stand up for this next segment. The, and then I was like calling out like my kids like got me got me this morning on my shirt. And it's like, it's just right under. So when I stand, it's like, here is the stuff that the children put on, on me this morning as I was getting ready to come upstairs. And I was like, ah, no one's going to see my belly. <laughs> and then I'm like, let me stand up. Let me let's arise. So cool. All right. Brian's going to start wearing crop tops with a little like tied. <laughs> Like, what is like that the, like you just like, like the daisy duke like <laughs> i did uh, i did shave my chest to, uh yesterday which is good but not not sponsored by manscape but th it was my it, my manscape razor that they sent us etc for that sponsorship back in the day i always use that thing and it was it was, great. It was great well it's especially because it's got that little light on it and it's like it helps me kind of get never ever pulls it helps me in the yeah. shower well, it, it helps me get and make sure I get all the hairs on the nipple because <laughs> it's like I have a little light there. So usually I end up always kind of missing a few. It does. It has a little flashlight. You could yeah. you could shave your chest in the dark. No, it's been wonderful. So it's like I really appreciate I that. So they're not sponsoring us in this regards, but they did send that to me. And I'm like, I use it every That shirt they the sent time. is so soft. And I wear it. I wear it all the time around the house because it's soft. And then Claire will be like, hey, can you go to the grocery store and pick something up? I'm like, yeah. And I don't realize that like the back is like your balls will thank you. And I'm just standing <laughs> in line at the grocery store and like people are looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just here to get like, you know, like whatever, whatever two or three things we're missing. It's like, oh, I just, I just need some like green onions and cold brew. And I'm just sitting there holding those two things and your balls will taste. Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, one. uh, I think that deserves a couple of likes. If you haven't liked the stream over on YouTube, ah, <laughs> uh, guys, this is going to be, this though. is going to be a, such a good day. I'm so freaking excited. And by the end of it, y'all are going to be like, this guy has got no energy. <laughs> he came in, he came in strong. Oh uh, yeah. So there we go. All right. Um, Cool. Let's see here, guys. Let's talk about our Final Fantasy 14 uh, big topic for today. If you guys haven't been paying attention, we're going to go through the full post with you guys and make sure you all have all the beautiful information so you can protect yourself 
and more. Uh, Chris, I got it pulled up on the stream. Why don't you uh, help walk us through what's going on um, with the un uh, against unauthorized account access and how we can defend ourselves? Yeah, so yesterday I was actually streaming when people notified me the Japanese post of this did go live earlier. So that's the one I tweeted out um, before the live translation, uh, before their actual official translation of this came out a little bit later. We are looking at the English one. Um, this is precautions against guarding unauthorized account access. Um, this is just good practice in general, but this is specifically focused on Final Fantasy XIV in this case, uh, because they were experiencing a third party attack that was attempting to gain access to the uh, account management system. Um, by using combinations of emails and passwords that appear to have been uh, obtained from other online services. If your password was different, as a reminder, they were also saying like, uh, if your if that password wasn't working, they were also, it looks like trying things that were, um, you know, just easily discernible. If you have things that keep uh, other sequences, such as like birth date or anything else they may have gotten, um, which is actually why I always celebrate my birthday on August 8th, the birthday of work to game. And that is because I don't reveal my actual birthday because for some reason, companies like this have decided that that's a security item. I would love to celebrate my actual birthday with you guys, but for some reason that identifies me um resetting your squaring's password <laughs> you you want to <laughs> do you get the notifications i do oh okay so you uh so you want to reset your password if you haven't if you haven't done that i did not reset mine what i did instead is i'd gotten a new phone so i took the one-time password off until i rolled on my new phone and i set that up um, very easy to do. You basically click their link, you download the app. The app looks like a little uh, teal lock, um, a little Square Enix token. Uh, I'm green screen, so just imagine that's all green. Uh, looks like a little lock token, and then they, you follow through that. It's going to email you uh, a one-time password that's good for 60 minutes, and you set that up. Unfortunately, unlike the Blizzard launcher, you can't teach it to like, remember your machine for 30 days, so now you're going to have oh, to enter that one-time password every would, single yeah. time you log into the game or into the mog station and so on. So I would love uh, just really... to on, on that though, because that is one of the biggest, there, it is this weird hurdle that just becomes an annoyance because I have, and I've been using two-factor authentication, but there's a part of me that's like, I wish that would, you could say, remember. And then if I was doing something concerning, like if I was like, you're trying to delete your character, like please enter in your code, you know, in that regard. So because it does track your IP, et cetera, like it's I wish- money. Yeah, whatever. Like, because that would end up making it so much more enjoyable to, to log into 14, where like we were just talking about New World and I was literally having a conversation with somebody talking about New World versus 14. And they're like, it's so easy to log into New World because as a part of your Steam account, you literally just hit play and it's not asking you for passwords. Like it's removed every barrier to get you to log in and play like on the steam deck. I love, I love final fantasy 14 on the steam deck. It is truly a great device for final fantasy 14, but I have to go and use the steam deck, you know, keyboard for the password and the one-time use. And so it ends up being like, do I really want to play 14 tonight? You know? And so it adds that extra level of steps. It's an important thing. Like I'm glad I have it, especially after a system like this happens, but geez Louise. Anyway, I just wanted it's, to jump it's in like on that. six digits it's a number so it's not the end of the world it just like and and as somebody that like has a public account and, and streams with the launcher up it's just a matter of time until i accidentally reveal my username and so then like i've really removed an element of the security but yeah. if you don't feel like doing the one-time password if you're willing to take that risk at least reset your square Enix password um at least go ahead and move that to being something unique um and then if you do do the the one-time password i think there's a way to like save the backup key just in case like I ever lose this phone because um 
gaming customer service is a very hard thing to do well. So if you can just avoid it, that's better than having to use it and hoping for a good experience. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of our big PSA. Um, I will tell you with the one-time password, uh, I had a friend have to get his removed and it was such an issue. He just no longer plays Square Enix games. And yep. so just, just be aware um, that that's something that you want to do. Um, you want to ideally have some way of kind of knowing that this like put it on i think you can put it on like a token or, mm -hmm. or i have like i have my square enix actually as a part of my google authenticator yeah. so like i have uh like a lot of different That's uh systems oh thanks erin <laughs> she's waiting i figured that brian of course that of course sounds, that sounds such like a brian move um so <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah absolutely so it's like uh, having that level of security is good it does actually also in 14 give you a free teleport like you can actually if you've got a uh, you know one-time token set up it will give you uh, actually perks in the game because i think they realize just how big of a problem this is uh but i'm going to tell you hands down even from final fantasy 11's days like square enix i think they could do so much better not just with like you know because yeah data breaches and things like that suck you know but unfortunately if you've been paying attention you know that they happen don't wait to have your account compromised and your passwords compromised protect yourself come up with a plan but who i yeah the, if, if score enix actually came out and said we're making adjustments to the one-time password thing i think that actually would make my experience with their game so much better because i have that on here and it literally is it can Blizzard determine if i'm gonna play it or sometimes not. but like i don't know if it's every 30 days or if it's every time they think there's they just kind of like have a security thing and so they just kind of hit reset on it or whatever mm -hmm. um but it's not often and so usually i like uh i actually like if i get disconnected from the game i don't log back in from the game portal because it makes you enter it i close the game down and i launch it from the launcher because the launcher has me authenticated on my machine Mm -hmm. um yeah and this data breach so they would let me you know, maybe maybe if square enix ever gets a better more robust launcher maybe that's something that could come along with it um because i think that i think having a higher percentage of players have the one-time passwords would be an improvement to yeah the community i and remember a lot of this seems like especially this data breach is it looks like passwords were actually obtained from other data breaches and so they're being attacked with this and they're detecting this large number of things so it's like it doesn't mean that your account it doesn't is seem next... like 14 link, link like no, had the leak it i seems think it's like another company but because people usually use similar usernames and passwords it ends up being like oh let's just run at them and having that um that ability sit here to, and, and what it ends up being is like they it, it could be a test of that to see if they can continue to put value and sell your credentials on the on the on the dark web uh, so there's all kinds of aspects of that that y'all should just be aware of, protect yourselves. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to constitute that, like your information got compromised at Square. Just the fact that as, as human beings, we literally, you know, like, the, like we know, I know this. I literally know people who are like, my password's password. Like, okay. <laughs> like, all right. There's a common set that you can just guess in terms of that, you know, like, uh, especially within certain things. So. That, that would be my thought. Like, I wish Square Enix would do it much, much better in terms of their one-time password. But um, I think, you know, this would be a good opportunity if you guys don't want to use the one-time password to maybe also change your uh, your password regardless, especially if you use a similar password across multiple games, multiple services, um, you know, things like that. This is These are unfortunately the times in which that we live in and don't assume that your information is safe. Just like Chris doesn't give out his birthday, um, you know, oh, a good one is usually when you see those questions that kind of pop up, like, hey, 
your uh, Final Fantasy character uh, is this month and, and uh, you know, uh, whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm a white mage in this year. It's like, yeah, you just pretty much gave away your... Like, th those end up being, like, ways that people try to hack humanity, you know, in that regards. And that's what people, that's what hackers are more or less going for now because essentially encryption is like, oh, I don't, you know, like, there's detection, there's better uh, defenses. And so it's easier for somebody to hack a human being than it is to, to worry about trying to break into a secure network, et cetera. So it's like, oh, I got your password and now I have full access. So that's that's the pathway that a hacker is more or less going to go and going to approach it. Well, that's where we're at. Um, anything that you don't have on two factor is, is great. Um, it's it's going to be and they're going to be trying to log either straight into the, the log station or straight into, you know, anything they they can there. So be both. It's not going to matter what mm -hmm. platform you play on. It's going to matter that they have your username and password and they can go access it on the Square Enix website. Right. So whether you're um, PlayStation or PC, like they can, I mean, and honestly, they could change your own password, lock you out of the account and try to sell your account as well. Like imagine like yep. that. And it's like, I, I've often said that it's like, if, you know, Square Enix just deleted my character, I, I think that's when I'd be done with the game. Like, I don't think I would be like, yep, I'm going to do that all again. No, 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 no. You know, that's, that's essentially kind of how. Um, so yeah, protect yourself, change your passwords. Uh, if you don't do the, the two factor, two factor is the best way. Uh, cause they would have to go to insane lengths to be able to, to verify that, whether it's through email, two factor or phone or, or I know email. it's insane. Cause it's hard for me to log in. I got disconnected in stream yesterday. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much that. <laughs> like, I don't have anything else to, to add. I just, no, you know. no, just a PSA. In more positive news, thank you guys for all the support over on Twitch. We just triggered one of these boost trains that shares our community out with even more people through the recommendeds and stuff. So thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for pushing us to over 100 uh, people uh, on, on the Twitch side. Uh, we have a goal of trying to get that number up to, to 200 plus. I think that would be like a really good step, especially in terms of like opportunities that open up um, to us as content creators. And so, yes, when we say that your support, your lurk support is support, that is so massive. And then also what's massive is uh, Moto Pain uh, gifting out five subs to the community. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Push that boost train up even higher. So, um, yeah. Um, any any other thoughts or anything we want to kind of talk about um, before? We, no. we have a marathon day, guys. This is going to be a big day. I just wanted to get the kind of bad and scary news out. Yeah. Um, because we've got a big night tonight and it's all going to be positive. We're going to be focused on Criterion. We're going to be focused on um, Relic. And I do wonder, um, are we going to hear anything about Ultimate? Because Ultimate's coming with 6.3 um, and is is the original timeline. And if that is really ready for 6.3, maybe they'll be quiet. But I assume if that's going to be delayed, they'd announce it as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I say delayed because Dragon Song was originally for 5.3. You would never release an ultimate on a savage patch. I think that would be a terrible thing moving forward. We want to keep that paced out. So then it got moved to 5.5, which made sense. But then people were frustrated because I think 5.5 mm -hmm. doesn't give it a very long lifespan before it becomes legacy content, but it didn't end up being ready anyway. Yeah. So it got kicked out to 6.1. Um, and so with our next ultimate, this being, I guess, the first Endwalker ultimate, um, with 6.3, part of me wonders, will it slide to 6.5? And if it slides to 6.5, will it slide to 7.1? Um, in theory, they were being developed in parallel. So yeah. in theory, we're all protected. Um, but 
yeah. you know, we haven't heard anything. We do know that after this, because this is also tied to the 14-hour live, you know, uh, stream. You know, so they, they're going to keep that going and rolling beyond the live letter tonight. And it's going to be a long night if anybody wants to hang out for that full stuff. But we do know that we'll still get more live letters as we as they start to step up to 6.3. We've got, you know, the, the two live letters planned. This is a uh, another special one that's kind of really tied into the anniversary. So... I still think that that's going to start dropping. That kind of information is going to start being scheduled most likely in December. But you've got the you've got the stream. Can we start to maybe try to predict the the technical six point three live letter uh, dates as well? Because like we know that the second live letter will constitute when really the patch is is going to drop. All right, all right, all right, that would that all would right. put us around Christmas, you know, for for so that. Over on so. the Twitch side of things, we're going to pull up the MMO spreadsheet of Epic Nerdiness, which has every patch from Final Fantasy fourteen and World of Warcraft, yes, including into the future. Um, but you were asking about specifically live letters, are you not? Yes, that's what we're really. So here's every on. live letter date for the last seventy-two live letters, um, and live letters come in two parts. The first part um, tends to be, you know, several months out, um, sometimes tied to an event like FanFest and all that. But the mm -hmm. second one tends to be eleven days before the patch. Um, PLL sixty-seven was twenty-seven days, but we knew that patch had a two-week delay. 11 plus two weeks, that's that's pretty freaking close. So um, if we go look at patch date, you are asking when 6.3 is. Keep in mind that Ultimate is probably uh, one to two weeks after that for 6.3.1. Mm -hmm. um, so I believe 6.3 falls in January because I think they would try to avoid another December uh, holiday yeah. thing. It, mm -hmm. may, it may slide into December. It could be that far forward um, because 84 days is a long cycle from 6.2 to 6.3. Um, but uh, if... 6.3 ends up being January 10th. If we back up 11 days, we basically end up with roughly a New Year's Eve live letter um, somewhere in that time frame. Um, so it'll be 11 days before patch 6.3 is when the second live letter will happen. And the mm -hmm. second live letter gets much more predictable based on when the first one is because there does appear to be sometimes a relationship between those two. Um, we could see that, that patch um, slide as far forward as mid-December. Um, because it's 84 days. Mm -hmm. um, if we slide that up to December, like December 13th, for example, um, that puts that 56 days. That's really fast. That's really fast. 56 days since the half patch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that would put our live letter the December 10th ish. Or no, I mean, December um, 2nd ish. Yeah. And then the second live letter would be after Christmas, I would assume, or like right before it. No, that'd be the second one then. So we'd the end up with one, one in November. Okay. So, so I, I think, I think second live letters in December, regardless. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So then that is basically is like, this is a live second. letter for October and then we'll see probably one, you know, December, like, uh, November and December, which then constitutes the, the, the details of 6.3, uh, as well. So I think that's going to be really, really exciting to see. Um, so lots, lots of stuff. Like, I think we're going to see a lot more Final Fantasy 14 kind of news kind of build up to the next, the next patch itself. So, um, I do stand with you on the, uh, on January. It just feels like January is going to be a better time to release the update. And that also makes January a lot of fun, you know, like in my mind, cause it's going to be cold and you need know, to kick back and you don't have a lot of holidays that are like, well, uh, I would raid, but got family. And I don't think they want to be like, yeah, we had two savage raids kind of falling on, you know, the holidays themselves. That ended up being, I think pretty stressful overall. Um, I think Hist we got some, yeah, good. 
historically heavens word and stormblood both had three live letters between 6.2 and 6.3 with one being focused on um something else like a ui update or explaining what the hell eureka was um and so the fact that we're getting this live letter now that's not weird um three live letters between these has been the historic norm we ignore shadowbringers because nothing was normal about shadowbringers uh because we were all living in ziploc bags so um heaven's word and stormblood teaches us that there would be three there yeah and then they yeah and they have moved the savage to drop uh, the savage rate a week after so that would put you know the 17th of january oh no that's we don't have a savage this one it'd be an ultimate so if they if they run ultimate as a part of six you know six three or six three five i guess that will that will be telling maybe we'll get it yeah i guess maybe we'll get a preview of that but i don't i don't think i think they're going to focus in on the criterion and then a lot of these interviews and the next the live letter in uh, november will be more that like okay let's actually now talk about it. so they might tease it in terms of like maybe an offhand comment or remark etc but that's going to be kind of where that's i think ultimately going to be at let's thanks to people because then I, i'm gonna make sure that everybody over here raids over to twitch if they can and then yeah okay. who, who i saw a bunch of different things come in a bunch um luke came in with a prime and then lunar systems uh gifted a sub uh and then another one and then Fairbo came in with prime muto came in with prime muto gifted five subs lunar cheered uh bunkle came in with prime lunar uh gifted another sub uh, and then distorted gifted some subs. Thank you guys. Um, it makes a big difference to Brian and I, now they have this new boost system. So what it does, is it introduces work to game to more people as Twitch gets better at, in my opinion, gets better at not just sorting number of streams by number of viewers, big to small and starts to say like, well, who else might you like? Um, so I've actually really enjoyed the new Twitch layout where it's helped me discover people that like, I actually enjoy it. I'm not just clicking the largest streams. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and what it does is it, if, if there's any wiggle room within that recommendations, while somebody has a hype train going, it, it slides you up that recommended. Um, so kind of a neat way of saying, Hey, there's people excited about whatever the hell's going on in the stream right now. It's probably worth checking out. Yeah. Um, all right let's uh i think that's actually a really good uh, uh way to end on and thank you guys so much for uh, the boost support over on twitch uh this has been brian and chris for work to game this is the crystal core radio podcast uh hopefully you guys enjoyed thank you so much for being a part of these live shows uh also be thanks for being a part of the mp3s uh you guys can subscribe to the, any of the audios uh wherever podcasts are consumed and hopefully we'll see you guys in our next live show and tonight as well but until then take care